we're returning to the journey. It's the pathway to discipleship. We've been on it since the fall, and we're continuing into uh, a new section of that. It's, it's based out of, off the book Celebration of Discipline. Um, let me just say this. I spent time with this over the weekend when, when Kit and I were out of town, and this is powerful stuff. You know, this, this it's, a, it's a classic of, of, the, of Christian literature, but um, this recentered me and kind of brought me back to it's not about Mike, it's about God, it's about Jesus, and, he get, and we've got a lot of, of things to help us on our path. So, you know, you're getting hit a lot with encouragement, <laughs> exhortation to get involved in a, in a group that will help support you in your journey, but really, um, it's time. And if you're not in a group, uh, grab one, you know, st uh, start one. Um, certainly, Kit and I would love to have you uh, in our group, but on at 7 o'clock on Sunday night, starting next week, um, it's powerful to journey together as the body of Christ. So, celebration of discipline, oftentimes we get lost in the word discipline. My focus over the, over the next several weeks is going to be on the first word, which is celebration. I mean, how cool is it? Think about this. That how cool is it that we get to engage with the creator of everything, the creator of all that there is, the, the God who created the universe. We get to engage and participate and draw near to him. And if that's not something to celebrate, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, there's the, the, the power of this is, is really, really amazing. And the goal here is not to just create another to-do list. We don't want to just, okay, I've got to add, how many people got enough to-dos? Yeah, you know, we're not looking at creating another one of those to-do lists. What we are going to talk about is how-tos. How to, how, how do we pray and how do we celebrate this connection that we have with God? So we're going to spend time talking about all the different ways that we can go about doing that. And, and let me say this too, legalism is not our friend. Legalism, is, and in fact, it's a, it's, it's a false idol that we do to make ourselves feel better about where we are in the, in the journey, right? And so we do it to ourselves, trying to think that we raise, elevate ourselves to the, the level of God and say, well, we know when the truth is God's just a little bit bigger and smarter than us. Sorry, but it's just true. And, and when we elevate ourselves into that I know better place, then we get ourselves in trouble. We're never going to rise above human beings. No matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, you will never rise above human being and all <laughs> that that means. Hopefully, though, we'll never rise out of a childlike faith in God and we'll let go of a childish faith in God. See, it's very childlike to understand that we're going to make mistakes, that that no matter how hard we, we try, we're going to, you know, there are going to be those times when, when we don't get it just right. And childlike faith understands that when that happens to us, God still loves us. God still loves us. He's still with us in that moment. He doesn't let us go. How many parents in here? Grand, grandparents. When your kid messes up, do you disown them? <laughs> yeah, you're laughing because I wouldn't have any, they'd be gone. <laughs> you know, what do you do? You love them. You know, you encourage them, you push them, you challenge them, but you love them. And you walk with them and you help them 
to, to, to become who it is that God created them to be. See, it's childish to think that we're going to get it right all the time. We're not. We're going to make mistakes. But it's childlike to understand that when we do mess up, God still loves us and he is still with us and on our side. And, and, and so we're in pursuit of freedom. And the first celebration that we're going to talk about is the celebration of liberation. It's, it's a liberation or freedom. The definition of liberation in uh, the Web Webster's online is the act of setting someone free from imprisonment, slavery, or oppression. It's to be released, to be set free. And maybe more so for us when we're talking about spirituality, it's also freedom from limits on thought and behavior. So it's freedom from limiting our thoughts and our behaviors. And there's a strong, strong message scripturally, but particularly in the New Testament, that we are to live a life of freedom. I am free. I'm supposed to live free. I'm supposed to live in this, this idea of freedom. We're to be set free from the limits of thoughts and the limits of behaviors. We, we, we want the tangible. I want the measurable in my life so that I know exactly what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. And what does Jesus do? He gives us the intangibles. He gives us the immeasurable, asking more of us than what we might ask of ourselves. I want to know all that there is so that I can get it right. And Jesus says, you're not going to get it right. Keep following me. Keep striving. Keep moving forward. I've got a plan, but, but it's going to require you to trust me, not trust you. But as I get started on this, I want to read just a few scriptures that point us away from legalism and toward freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. John 8.32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 8.36, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Galatians 5, 1 through 5, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore. Do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, which was a requirement of the law for the Hebrews, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts, accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. If you choose legalism, then you've got to choose all of it, and you've got to get it just right, and it's all up to you to do that. You're severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace, for through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. Romans 8, 1 through 4, There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, so that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the to the Spirit. Galatians 5, 13, for you are called the freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, love your neighbor as yourself. Romans 8, 21, that the creation itself will be set free for with, from, from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom for the glory of the children of God. Galatians 4, 3 through 7, are you getting an idea here that there's a lot about freedom in, the, in Scripture for us? In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, 
to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters of the king. And because you are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Dad. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then an heir through Christ. 1 Peter 2.16, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. And the list of passages is way more extensive. You could spend the whole morning and into the afternoon talking about the freedom that comes with Christ. But let me reference one more. It's out of Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Because it's not that what we do doesn't matter, because it does. It matters what we do. It's just that when we walk by the Spirit, there is a diminishing in the desires of the flesh. If we spend our time doing the do's, then the don'ts are less important because we're spending our time doing the things that God has asked us to do, which sets us free from constantly focusing, oh, I better not do that, oh, I better not do that. Do what you're called to do. Embrace the freedom that comes from Christ. Embrace this idea that the Holy Spirit is active and alive and in you and going to work through you and going to touch people in this community because he will and he is, and you can rely on that. There's power in the Holy Spirit. How do we walk by the Spirit is what we're going to talk about for the next week. How do we do this? There's going to be a lot of tools for your spiritual toolbox that are going to enable you to walk with Christ no matter what is happening in your life, no matter what is going on. You're going to have tools that are going to help you to get through it. And that, by the way, is something to celebrate. Amen? God is here, and he's, he wants us to live in that freedom. And when we bump into stuff, sometimes we don't see it, but the other people in our grow group, our small group, which I hope you'll get in one, is will probably see that and may see that before we do. When we live life together in community, our lives will be transformed and changed. Let me start with this illustration. I was going to actually try to do this, but I didn't get the bubbles in time. So let's say I blow a bubble. That's a cutie right there. And I try to catch it on my hand. What's going to happen? It's going to burst? Yeah. But eventually I'll get some enough soap on my hand that, what ha- uh, that it, it might land and stay. What's going to happen if I do this? It's going to pop. It's going to pop. So we're given a lot of things <laughs> that we know only in part, and, and that's, it's like a bubble landing on our hand, and it's like, God, I want to hold that. What happens? I pop it because I want it to be what I can do. I want it to be about my strength. And spiritual freedom is the ability to hold tightly with an open hand the things of God to hold tightly with an open hand the things of God that requires us to trust that God is going to keep it in place, not me. Legalism says, I need to make sure. God says, no, no, I got it. I got it. 
First Corinthians, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but then that which is perfect has come. Then that which is in part shall be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. When I became an adult, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, then face to face. Now I know in part, then shall I know even also as I am known. Freedom can only come when we understand this basic but critical fact. We know only in part, and God knows fully. And we have to get to the place where we trust in that, that we trust that. For example, when I close my hand, if I'm trying to hang on to stuff, what then can, can I pick up? What then can I learn? I'm going to do it, though. I've got it. And by trying to control it and by trying to, to hang on to it, because I want to hang on to it. My intentions are good. I want to hang on with everything that I've got to, to all that God would give me. I want to hang on to that. And when I do that, I trap myself. It's a Chinese torture chain. Put your hand in, try and take the thing out. You can't because you've got your fist. You've got to learn to hold things with an open hand. Trusting that the one who created everything has the power to keep in place the things that need to keep in place. It opens us to be able to receive new revelation from the Holy Spirit. By the way, God is still living and alive and the Holy Spirit is still active, still teaching, still powerful. We have to stay open to what he might give to us. Liberation, this idea of freedom comes from that. It's what we want. So what will it take? And in a word, depth. Take depth. Richard Foster, who wrote the, the book, put it this way. He said, superficiality is the curse of our age. It's on the screen. Beth, you want to get to the next? Superficiality is the curse of our age. The doctrine of instant gratification is a primary spiritual problem. And he says this. Read that with me. The desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. The need today is for a willingness to go deeper, to not just come to church on Sunday, but to go, and, and how do I grow deeper? How do I engage with those in my family? How do I engage with those in my life? How do I engage in learning more and going deeper? When we decide on depth over superficiality, then we're going to discover the wonder of, 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 of Psalm 42.7 where it says this. It says, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. See, that's you. That's God's wave coming. He said, come with me. Let's go deeper. I want to go deep with you. Deep calls to deep. And I don't know how many times in my ministry and in my life that, that folks have come up to me and, and said, I don't think, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do prayer. It's hard. I can't seem to get the prayer thing down. I can't get the meditation thing down. I can't seem to get the study thing down. And they have a hard time getting going. But I also will tell you this, that many of those folks who stuck it out and went through it and got to the other side came back and said, let me tell you that because I stuck it out and because I sought God and because I grew in study and I grew in prayer and meditation and fasting 
and, and got guidance in my life and all of these things. I have a spiritual faith and depth that I would never have had if I didn't do those things. Deep calls to deep. This superficial stuff becomes pedantic. It becomes uninspiring. It, it, it doesn't matter. As our soul calls, think about it, your soul calls upon the possibilities of our faith. That your soul calls, God, I want more of you as the deer pants for the water. I want more of you. Your soul calls for, for whatever it is that God wants for us to have, wants for me to have. The freedom from the temporary things of the world as we get our eye on the eternal. It's not no longer about just the stuff of the day-to-day. The freedom from knowing that we're held in the hand of the creator of all that there is. The, that freedom that can only come from the experience of having the Holy Spirit carry you through the impossible. Carry you through the difficult carry you through this struggle and you come out the other side and you go wow i didn't do that but man i'm in a new place i have this new life that that the bible talks about this new life in christ if you're in one of those places hang in there hang in there he's got you he's got you deep calls to deep when we Get liberated, set free from our ingrained habits. You know, ingrained habits, those things that we just do because we always do them. Get home and I turn on the TV and watch whatever the show is that comes on. I, and I, I fritter away time. And I just do them. I don't evaluate them to see if they have any value. I, I, I just kind of do them. Just what I do. And, and they become ingrained habits. And, they, and each of us has these habits. You have them, I have them. And it's up to us to take a look at them. Look at where you spend your money, what you think about, wh- what you do on a day-to-day basis. Where do you spend your time? Those, those, evaluating those things will give you your priority. Not your, it'll give you your real priority, not your wishful thinking priority. You know, a lot of times they'll say, oh yeah, God's my number one priority. How much time you spend in study? Well, what about prayer? Meditation, fasting, well, you know. I don't do any of that, but God's still my number one. No. <laughs> no, if, if you're not spending time with God, then he's not your number one priority. He's not your, on your, if he's not on your priority list at all, that's a problem. Maybe you're going to come out of it and go, yes, I'm, I'm where I need to be. But we need to look at it and be intentional about it. And if, if you're in that place where I'm not spending enough time with God that I need to, change it. Change it. That's the beauty of free will. You get to choose differently. Create a new habit. How about that? Create a new habit. The spiritual disciplines are merely an open, a way to open a door to a new life. That's what we're talking about. Everything that we go over as we go in the next weeks is going to be a way to open door into a new life. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in Galatians chapter 6. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, of eternal life. And that's what we really want to be all about. Real life eternal life and the harvest 
comes when we live in the hand. Deep calls to deep. I challenge you. Where are you? Are you shallow? Change it. When you're not engaged in the way that you need to be, get engaged. You need support in this time? Get that support. We are in it together. We're on this journey together. We are not alone. If you're living it alone, it's your choice because we're offering all the time ways to come together and do this as as a family and community of God. That's what we want to be about. And if you don't know Jesus, you're invited to know him. Seek me out after the service. I will pray with you. I will begin this journey together because saying yes is just, that's a step, but it ain't the journey. It ain't the journey. We do that together. If you'll bow with me. And, And Bob, if you'll go get the kids. Father, I pray for this congregation in this moment, Lord, that you would pour upon them your Holy Spirit in powerful ways, that you would provide provision where where that's needed, peace, discernment, wisdom, healing. Lord, meet people where they are. Touch them with your Spirit. And never leave them the same. 